Hey guys. What up though? I'm Amira. And I'm Kes. And we are newlyweds. We spent our entire first year of marriage in quarantine. Right now, we're winging it. Yeah, we don't know what we're doing. Eh, we're figuring it out though. We're about to take you guys on a journey that is juicy and spicy. Wait, we not talking about chicken? Really? We not? Anyway, we're going to give it to you guys straight no chaser because, well, that's the only way we know how to do it. Married and Winging It starts now. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Married and Winging It. Today, we are joined by Kizzle, um, also known as Kofi, who is a mental health advocate and the creator of Express Yourself Black Man. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so delighted to have you a part of our episode. Mira and Kester, thank you so much for having me here. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to jump right in because I know we have a lot to unpack. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with discussing gender roles. Right. So, oh, actually, just to back up a little bit for some more background. So Kizzle, I came, actually came across your Instagram profile and really resonated with your content. As everyone knows, I'm obviously married to a Black man who is not one to shy, shy away from expressing himself. <laughs> um, Kester will tell you how he feels in like three different languages if needed. And if I'm being honest, you know, that was new for me because I didn't grow up in a household with expressive men. Mm. Um, so that being said, I really wanted to start by kind of talking about gender roles because that's something that, you know, we really struggled with when we started living together. In, in regards to that, I never knew, I guess, that Kester needed as much emotional intimacy um, as he needed, you know, given mm-hmm. his outer layer, he's very tough and stern. And all his life, he's been, you know, the one that people go to for guidance. And, you know, even for me, like he is that for me, 100 percent, you know, ranging from, um, you know, the man is supposed to be like Mr. Fix-It or, you know, things get broken in the house. You know, I expected us to be updating and remodeling our house every five minutes. I expected him to be outside shirtless mowing the lawn and <laughs> doing all of that on the weekends. And I thought, you know, that he would do things on my time and, you know, all things of that nature, like my mind mindset, you know, really affected our first year of marriage. And, you know, that translated to him, like he wasn't doing anything at all. And when he did do those things, there was an expectation on his side where he wanted to be acknowledged for doing it. I want to stop talking and pass the mic over to you guys because to have this conversation, because the term expectation holds a lot of weight. And I want to know what you guys think about, you know, expectations as, as it relates to gender roles and how it could potentially affect the Black man's mindset and mental health. So, uh, Kester, do you want to start or do you want me to start? Yeah, I could just uh, tag along since she... Yeah. I wouldn't say it was an expectation, more of a, am I doing something now in your eyes? You know, I, I kind of acknowledge that, like you said, that that hidden agenda, not agenda, but like that hidden thought process of the expectation that you had. So when I did start doing uh, those things, it was like, okay, are, are, is this what you want? You know, is this okay or is this enough? And when you would just walk past and look like, well, okay, as expected, it's just like, all right, is this good enough? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> so I, I just wanted to start the conversation off there, Kizzle. You can go right ahead and do your thing. Yeah, no. So I'm listening to what you're saying, and it sounds like you were looking for confirmation that what you were doing was good, right? Which is, I mean, to be expected in a relationship, right? You don't want to be doing things, and then you don't even know if your partner is actually happy with what you're doing, right? So I think that's, I think that's healthy, right? Like, because what you're looking for is, you you want to make sure you're closing the loop, right? Like you want to make sure, okay, I'm doing this and my partner is okay with me doing this and they're they're fine with it. I'm doing it the right way, that kind of thing. I think when we talk about ex- expectations and general roles in a relationship, there's so many things that we can discuss. 
But when I think about gender roles, I think they have a place in relationships, but we have to get, we have to understand that just because you're a black man and you're a black woman doesn't mean that you are going to do everything inside of those gender roles, right? So I had a conversation. I always bring this up. I talked with this woman named DC. She's been married for 25 years, right? So we talked about how to be a successful wife. And she was talking about how in her relationship, they basically established their own standards for what works for, for them, right? So when we normally think about gender roles, we normally think that the woman cooks and plays the food and brings it out to the man. The man eats and he goes and hunts and grabs the food and brings it back home for the woman, that kind of thing, right? <laughs> In their relationship, she doesn't cook at all, like at all. Yeah. The husband does all the cooking. Her husband does all the cooking because that's the thing that he, that's his strength. That's what he's good at. And she, she never really grew up cooking. So she understands like, okay, and I'm going to submit to him in this because he's better at that. So I think when we think about gender roles, we have to kind of get out of the box that we get confined in when we think about gender roles and understand that gender roles are really different for every relationship, right? Some, some relationships are going to have the more traditional gender roles where you have the woman that's cooking and she's kind of more nurturing. She's taking care of the kids, all that kind of stuff. And you have the man that's more so kind of stern, strict, disciplinary, that kind of thing. But I think you also have to be able to cross over into either or, right? Like the man has to be able to be nurturing. You also have to be able to cook here and there because your wife is not going to be able to do it every single time. You know what I'm saying? Like she's not a hundred percent of the time going to always want to cook and always want to take care of the kids and always be nurturing. Right. So you have to understand that it's, it's a balance. Someone may have more of one thing because they're better in that thing. But at the end of the day, if it's a partnership, you guys work together to make sure that you're forming the best kind of relationship for you and not what we think of as gender roles in, in traditional society. Because there's going to be people that if they look at you and they're like, yo, you cooking for your girl? Yeah. <laughs> That's not a, what? You and you got to be able to say like, yeah, I am like this is this is normal in our relationship. I'm sorry that that's not a normal thing for you, but. This is normal in our relationship. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Because I think as guys, like a lot of times when we think of doing the things that are considered feminine, we kind of shy away from it, even if we can do it, because we don't want to be perceived as less masculine or feminine. When in reality, we all have masculine and feminine energy. So there's nothing wrong with tapping into your feminine energy, especially when it's needed. When it's And when it's needed is when your wife need you to take up, take up more of that, you know, that responsibility. And the same for, for uh, Amira, when she needs to take more of the masculine role, like she needs to, she just needs to, to, to take over to kind of help you out. And there's nothing wrong with that. Each side is supposed to do that when necessary. Yeah. Okay. But that's, that's, that's my take on it. Honestly. Yeah, no, no, very, very, very good points. And just to piggyback off the two points that I got from what you just said, I was actually in a group of guys like two months ago and we were talking about our wives and, you know, girlfriends, whatever. And I got the daring headlights when I said I do the laundry in the house. They just said, <laughs> what? Like, like, her, her panties, a bra, what's wrong with you? I'm like, yeah, I do. Yeah. You, yeah. Affirming, you, you know, your affirmation, you know, the, with, with the norms that you've set in your home. So I'm saying I wash it, I bleach it, I detergent. I even, when there's a little dirt spot, I put the little detergent on there. Like, That's me, I do that, you know? <laughs> you know and like you said, like it just brought that, thought to my head, not realizing how important it is to make sure that those norm, those norms are the essence of your relationship of, you know, where we understand that's all that really matters. 
Right. Because uh, every, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I cut you off. Go yeah. ahead. No, so no, just saying that, you know, like it was, it was like kind of being uh, reinvigorating kind of to, to know like, yo, we got it. You know, I don't know you, but we got our stuff going. So yeah, to, to your point that I 100% agree. I have one, one other thing from what you said, but if you want to piggy, piggy, piggyback off that. But. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, cause everybody's going to always have their own thought process around what they think y'all should be doing, but yeah. they aren't y'all. Right. Like yeah. at the end of the day, y'all have to deal with the decisions that y'all make and the relationship that y'all, that y'all end up cultivating the partnership that y'all end up cultivating. So whatever works best for y'all is what is what works best for y'all. As long as it's not making y'all like burn out and like making y'all feel terrible about each other and destroying your mental health or your physical health. Like, to be honest, it's good. Like, and to be honest, bro, I do the I do the laundry too in my in my relationship. I know I'm, I know I I'm, I know I'm gonna end up doing it. like we don't live together right now, but I know I'm going to end up doing it just because I am a better folder. <laughs> like I I know how to fold things better. I know how to pack things better. Like I that's just that's just me. She's a better cleaner though in terms of like keeping the house clean. She does that well. I know how to organize things, right? Like I know how to fold things and put things in the organizable place. Yeah, exactly. And that's how we that's how we complement each other, right? So there's nothing wrong with doing the laundry, man. Like I think, I think that's a you that's a life skill. Everybody should know how to do their own laundry. Like laundry, garbage, do the dishes, you know. Mm-hmm. Everybody should have those basic necessities to, to live with someone because someone's gonna have to do it. Right. You are going to have to do it, even if you're not the main one doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and isn't it so crazy that we get looked at wild for saying that we do something as simple as laundry? Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Like that goes to show you how trained people are to like gender roles, right? Like people can't step outside of the box to understand that it really is what you define it to be. And that's why a lot of times people get into relationships and struggle because they're like, well, no, I grew up thinking that you're supposed to do laundry, clean, cook, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, well, eh, but I don't really want to do that. So now what? Where, what, what are we going to do? You got any pass, Right. Like, what are we going to do? We have to come to some kind of compromise, right? Like, we have to come to some kind of a solution here. So, yeah, dude, that's that's definitely what I think about General Rose. It's what you make it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, my the second point that I want to get back to uh, before we go to the next question was setting them early. If you're living, especially if you're living together, set them early. And one example I want to give uh, back to the beginning, when we first started living together, there was a point where she was like getting a lot. Kobe had just moved into the house. We're getting a lot. She's getting a lot of packages coming in, coming in. Some of them need, a, need assembly. So I'm looking like, okay, I, I put the chairs together. All right. Now the next thing. Okay. A sofa or something, something crazy, a bookshelf, whatever. And I'm like, so you think I'm about to just assemble all this, right? Like, you know, <laughs> all right, here's your set of tools and we're going to do this together. So it was just funny because that, that's one of the first things that came to mind. Set them early, you know, make sure you guys both understand. Don't let things go to pass. Don't, ex- if something bothers you, don't ignore it because that's going to make, that's going to set the precedence that, oh, it's okay. They're going to slide. And then when you finally do bring it up second, third time, it's like, oh, what's the problem now? Mm-hmm. Right. We're going to have to build that all the way from the ground up in that moment. So, right. Absolutely. That's a very important one, man. Setting expectations early, setting boundaries early, also communicating when you don't feel like you're being treated properly early. Like a lot of times people will try to say, well, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And and it's like, that's good. I understand that. I do get that. But you're hurting. You're bothered. Right. Like, let's not keep that internalized and create this kind of resentment towards your partner as a result of you not expressing how you felt about something like just express it, get it out. 
And especially if it's your partner, this is someone that you guys are, you're building a life with. You should feel comfortable enough to explain or express how you feel about something without worrying about them exploding or worrying about their reaction to it. There should be space in a relationship for you guys to talk about your concerns. Absolutely. 100%. Yep. I agree. So next question is, what's the easiest way to shut a man out emotionally from your relationship? This is to the woman or close a man off from emotion, emotion in a relationship. Example, a person uh, downplaying another person's emotions unintentionally, then that person finding someone who does not downplay that emotion and finds that common ground? Nope. Do, do you yeah. want to go first or do you want me to go? <laughs> first, no problem, because uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's a situation that comes to mind. I can't, of course, I'm not going to say the name. Right. Told to me in confidence, but there was a situation, a married couple, the man in the relationship was feeling a bit emotionally uh, unsatisfied in terms of he felt like he couldn't complain to her or express any type of stress to her. And in fact, he actually told me uh, when he finally had like a serious, serious moment where he needed her to just understand and listen, her words were man up. And mm. that was the beginning of the end because he ended up finding someone who did not tell him to man up. And that was the second step of the end. So <laughs> with that story, we'll turn it over to you, sir. <laughs> so here's the thing, right? Like there's a couple of things that you definitely shouldn't do if you want your man to feel comfortable expressing himself. Yeah. Uh, do not judge. That's one. Um, because I think a lot of times when people start expressing themselves, other people start judging because that's just how they, that's how they are with themselves. Like they beat themselves up. So it's, that's just their natural reaction things. But we have to be able to curb that and understand that this is another human being that's expressing how they feel about things and it may not be as easy for them to express how they feel. So we need to, we need to treat that with a level of, with a level of care, right? Like, and just a, le- a level of compassion and empathy and understand that even if it's something that we don't think that we would have such a big issue with, it's okay if this other person has a big issue with it, even if they are a man, right? And that's to, to the second point is like the man up and like be a man and why are you crying and all those different sayings are not helpful, right? Like we just talked about creating a space where your partner feels comfortable expressing themselves. I think those things do the complete opposite of that because it it reinforces the negative ideas and like the negative beliefs that we've been taught growing up, which is like men shouldn't be expressing themselves or men 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 don't need someone to go to to talk to about their feelings, right? And then it leads to just internalized emotions and stress and all these different things that are just detrimental to our overall health. So if you want your man to open up, like I literally have a post on it. I'm looking at it right now. Like the steps that I put up are the first thing is to be patient because a lot of black men aren't used to expressing themselves. So helping him to express himself regularly won't be an overnight process. You will have to be patient. The second step is lead by example. If you want him to open up to you, try opening up to him first. Your vulnerability may lead to his comfortability. Um, because I'll often, a lot of times we don't understand without comfortability, there, there is no vulnerability. Like if I'm not comfortable talking to you, if I'm not comfortable with myself or comfortable with you, then I'm probably not going to be vulnerable. So lead by example and your vulnerability may, may lead to his comfortability. And then the third thing is to ask open-ended questions. Like you can't expect him to go out of his way to express himself if you're asking questions like, how was your day? Like if, he's, if you're just asking how was your day, he's always going to say good or, or bad. Yeah. Like, and it's just, it's just, 
it's not open-ended enough for him to have to think about something and say, you know, and say it and say stuff. So ask open-ended questions and also make it a habit, right? Like don't give up if you're not getting answers right away, because most of the time you probably won't get them in the first few times that you ask just because he probably isn't comfortable with it right away. Right. So the more opportunities he has to freely express himself, the better you could be asking open-ended questions, but if it's not a time where he wants to talk, then you probably won't get a good response. Right. Yeah. And then also try implementing check-ins because check-ins manufacture a space where not only he can express himself, but both parties can express themselves. Right. So implement check-ins. You could do it weekly. You could do it bi-weekly. You could do it monthly. You could do it before bed, after work, right when you wake up or like when you guys are eating, just implement check-ins as a way to get him comfortable with the idea of talking about his feelings regularly, because that can kind of really create a space where he feels comfortable to then talk because he knows that that's a check-in and this is a space that's kind of manufactured for him to have those kind of conversations. And then the last thing is, assuming you finally got him to express himself, empathize with him, which is what I just talked about, and then offer positive reinforcement. So try to understand where he's coming from and then also congratulate him for expressing himself. Say, I, you know, I know it was a lot for you to express yourself. So, you know, I just want to, you know, say thank you for sharing what you, you know, how you felt because we we're human beings. We, we, we function off of positive reinforcement. Like that's, that's how you raise a kid. And to be honest, most of us have inner childs inside of us or inner children inside of us. And so giving us positive reinforcement when we do something that like a be like we, when we exhibit a behavior that you want us to kind of repeat and feel comfortable with, is going to help us feel more comfortable doing that in the future. So those are my tips. Definitely, definitely do not judge. And the man up and don't cry and all that kind of stuff is very detrimental. It, it will not help at all. So please stray as far away from that as possible. Mm-hmm. First off, thank you for that. Our mm-hmm. listeners are listening because those are all gems. Yeah. It will maybe save your relationship or your marriage one day. In this situation that I gave the example of that, that just those two words shattered so much rapport within that relationship and that marriage that it was un- unrecoverable in the moment that it was said. Because even when I was hearing the story, I felt the emotion in the words that he was telling me. Of how I, I, He didn't tell me how hurt he was. I felt how hurt he was. Right. So in that moment, you know, it, it's pretty much done, you know, and I don't want to say over, but that situation ended that conversation in that moment. And I already know that nothing was done after that to recover. Just to add on to that, like how women feel certain ways about certain things in a relationship. Oh, men, this, men, that men also have those things. And if a man is, is first off, if a man is confiding you about any part of their day uh, and they're telling you in confidence, you take that as a golden nugget because that is a beginning, a beginning catalyst to the full fledged open communication. And once you have that, you have the first building block of a long lasting relationship. You know, like Kizzle said, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Let let me tell you about my day. My wife is actually, she did it without even, you know, me not even realizing it. She would always ask me about my day. And I'm just like, like you said, I'm good, chilling. Mm -hmm. I went to work, ate some food and that's it. Then she was like, okay. What happened? And I'm like, like now you got to talk. Yeah, now I got to talk. I'm like, I'm going to watch the game. But what happened? So, but now I'm realizing we have full on conversations now. You know, we have a podcast now. You know, we talk about everything. And it just makes the relationship so much more fruitful. Uh, The information that we share, the emotion, the laughter, getting over stress that we didn't even know we were dealing with that day. You know, so kudos to you sir all mm-hmm. all gems all gems and i hope the listeners have listened to you
<laughs> yeah, I feel like I was over here taking notes as you were talking, because like I mentioned in the beginning, I grew up in a household that didn't have expressive men. So it was a learning for me to be in a relationship, let alone a marriage with someone who was expressive. Like I you know, mentioned before, like Kester does not hold back when he feels some type of way about something. And you're like yeah. that with everybody in your life, your yeah. friends, your family. And yeah. for me, you know, I, my personality, I'm, I'm very dramatic. <laughs> like I'm very sensitive. So it was a lot for me to be able to deal with my emotions and someone else's. And it was a lot to process. So especially for like from a man who I saw as so strong and like tough and had like Mm -hmm. this hard exterior, it was hard for me to be like sympathize with some of the things that you would say. And I remember you would even say like, you're like hurting our relationship because you're not understanding where I'm coming from. Like, I feel like you're not pouring into me as much as I'm pouring into you. And so it took, I literally had to go to therapy to like talk about it. And then that's how I, (laughs) I I really learned about, you know, childhood trauma and, you know, things that I went through growing up that, you know, made me feel so unemotional, you know, within my relationship. And it was a wake up call for me. So everything you said was, right on point in terms yeah. of listening and thanking that person for sharing. Cause I didn't realize like just those little things like go such a long way in terms right. of making someone feel understood and loved and like cared for. Right. And I was going to, I was going to say what made you make that turn, but mm-hmm. you said you went into therapy and you started, <laughs> yes. So you increased your level of self-awareness because what happened was you weren't, you weren't actually aware of what you were doing initially. Nope. He was just like, oh, I'm just being myself. I don't know what's wrong with this guy. Like, <laughs> I'm not doing anything to this. You know, like, so you really were operating at a low level of self-awareness. That's where a lot of people are before they go to therapy. And then when you get into therapy, you start realizing like, oh. <laughs> Everything makes sense. <laughs> oh, okay. I see. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let me go talk to Kester because <laughs> I definitely made a couple mistakes here. Like, yeah, you start to understand. That's why I tell people all the time, man. Therapy is the best investment I've ever made. Yeah. Not just for my personal life and my relationship life, but like everything has has flourished as a result of me going to therapy because your mental health plays such a huge role in mm-hmm. so many different things that you do. So I'm glad you you went into therapy. I want to ask you guys, I don't know if you guys want to disclose, but are you guys in couples therapy at all or no? Oh, we, did, we, we did it through the church. Yeah, we okay. did marital counseling, through marital uh, counseling. We did two, actually. We did a one. a group one that was over the course of six, think, weeks. six weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. We, actually, the pastor that's going to be on another episode, uh, we did a counseling with him for uh, about four weeks. I think four weeks. Mm-hmm. So we did okay. a good amount of time of counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every so often we talk with our pastor, we talk mm-hmm. with each other. It just opened up so many more lines of communication and it's mm-hmm. easier to read each other because of it. Yeah. Um, nice. Again, you know, the mental aspect of it, the self-awareness aspect of it, and of course the communication, which is the building block, has it's just fortified. You know, the bond right. is fortified. Right. Just based off of that 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 level. Yeah. You guys have built the foundation for a healthy relationship. Right. Yeah. And like a lot of that was was counseling, therapy, and then also healthy communication through each other. So I love that. Yeah. It's actually my turn to go. To yeah. sell individual therapy. She yes. I've been telling him to go, but go. you and, can't and, force people to go to therapy. Yeah, I had to change my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm, 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 I want to go. I had to change my mindset because, you know, I'm like, I, I don't think there's nothing wrong with it, mm-hmm. but it's, mm-hmm. not about, it's, not about, it's not about anything <laughs> being wrong. You know, you don't have to have something wrong with you to right. join somebody. It's just to talk, you know, right. to more of a right. reflective thing than anything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, seeing her, hearing her and her sessions and everything like that, you know, I'm like, why not? 
you know, maybe I will learn something. Right. Mm-hmm. I did not. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I just got you again, like she said earlier, I just got used to like helping everyone else mm-hmm. that, you know, I was just like, I'm helping everybody else. You know, why would, you know, why do I do something wrong with me if I'm helping everybody else? But sometimes it's good to look inward, you know, which mm-hmm. is the advice that I give everybody else too. So, right. Right. Yeah. right. I was going to say, you know, I, I hear people often say, you know, I'm fine. I don't think I really need therapy. And anytime I hear that sirens go off in my head, not saying that there's anything wrong with you, right? But it's just that there's so much that we op- that we do that comes from a subconscious level. So when people say they're fine, what that indicates to me is that you're you haven't reached a level of self awareness to identify what's actually wrong. You get what I'm saying? Like, so anytime I hear fine, because I was the person that was saying I'm fine too. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I used to say it all the time. And I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. Then I got cheated on, and I was like. Man, I think I really need to go to therapy because I think women are evil, right? Yeah. And then when I, and then, and, but not at that point, I felt like women are evil, right? Not not before when I thought I was fine. At that point, I felt like women are evil, so I'm going into therapy to address that. Mm. And then I realized the Kofi that I thought was fine actually had a lot of issues, which led to the relationship that I stayed in for too long. And the reason, like the reason, not not the reason why I got cheated on, but I, I would never got cheated on if I had left that relationship, but I knew I should have left that relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. Not saying that this is your story, but what I'm trying to what I'm trying to expose is the fact that sometimes we think we're fine because we aren't able to identify what's actually wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think therapy helps you to identify that. So go to therapy, be open-minded. You're definitely not even maybe or probably going to learn anything. You're definitely going to learn something. You're like, without a doubt, as soon as you start talking about childhood and mother, father relationships and relationship, past relationships before marriage, relationship with relationships with your friends, all of those things, you're going to identify something that you can work on. And I think that's a win in itself. So Definitely, definitely. When you feel ready, definitely go. And if you need any help in terms of like finding a th- good therapist or any of that stuff, I have guides and all that kind of stuff, resources, everything available on the on the website. So it's expressyourselfblackman.com slash therapy. I have a whole guide on YouTube. I have therapy directories on, on that page. I have a sample email that you can send a therapist. So everything is on there. Also therapy resources if you don't have insurance and free therapy options as well. So Everything is on there to make it super, super easy for you. Definitely go and check it out. Mm-hmm. That's not just for me. That's for everyone else listening. Mm-hmm. We all work on something. Even if, like I said earlier, you don't have to have anything necessarily wrong with you. It's a point of progress. And, you know, every day we live, we should be looking forward towards progress and moving forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So here we are with the next one. What can men do to be more open emotionally to their partners? Some men want to be open, but don't know how. Some may feel less of a man if they are being too vulnerable. Do you want to you start this or you want me to start? You can start this one. So I think it starts with, with increasing your level of emotional intelligence. Yeah. I think when you increase your emotional intelligence, it becomes easier to identify what you're feeling. And then it becomes easier to express that healthily. Right. I think a lot of times men have a men struggle being open because they struggle with accepting the fact that they're feeling a certain emotion, right? Because we struggle with the masculinity thing, right? It's all about what we identify as masculine. And because we feel like we can only feel a limited range of emotions, 
it becomes this big blockage in terms of expressing ourselves because it's like, okay, well, I'm not feeling anger or joy right now. I'm actually feeling sad. I need to talk about this with my partner. This is, this is daunting. Like I, I need to tell my partner that I'm actually sad about something or I'm frustrated about something. Right. And, and to take it even a step back, are they even able to identify that they're sad or frustrated? Right. Because with emotional intelligence comes understanding what emotion you're feeling. If you're not even at the point where you can understand what emotion you're feeling, it's very, very hard to then explain what you're going through. Right. So it has to start with identifying the emotion that you're feeling or whatever it is that you're feeling and then being able to express that healthily, not anger, not not yelling and, you know, belittling and, and insulting, but expressing it healthily, taking 30 minutes to really sit with your thoughts and get to a point where you can you can identify what it is that you're going through and then taking some time to figure out how you want to express that to your partner in a way that it doesn't come off as I'm trying to insult you or I'm yelling at you, right? And so what my therapist normally tells me when I have issues with my partner is use the words I feel instead of you did. You did is very confrontational. If I go to Amir and I say, Amir, I can't believe you did this. Mm -hmm. It becomes... Guard up. the The guard goes up for you, but also I could be making an assumption based on what I perceived to have happened, right? Like, it's very hard to say for sure somebody did this. Like, even if we saw them, there's so much stuff that could have been happening behind the scenes, all extra information that we may not have known, things that you may have been dealing with that have, that had led to you operating that way. So when I say you did, now you get into defensive mode. And now we're, now we're having an argument instead of trying to come to a resolution. Mm-hmm. So you start, you start with, I feel, I feel like this because of this, right? I feel like this because of this. I feel like this because of blah, blah, blah. So if I, if I feel wronged by something that you said, instead of saying, you said this, I can't believe. I say, yo, I feel, I feel kind of sad because of the conversation that we had the other day when you mentioned that, blah, blah, blah. I'm still kind of saying that you did, but I'm, I'm starting off with the emotion that I feel so that you can connect and empathize with that because that's what, that's what creating a space, you know, for healthy expression, you know, looks like. And then we can kind of get into the communication about, Okay, what was it that you actually said? What did you actually mean? What was going on around the time? And now we're coming to a resolution instead of us arguing with me just saying, I can't believe you did this, mm-hmm. right? So like, I feel is very, very, um, very important. Um, and it helps also us men to identify what we're actually feeling. A lot of times when I'm in therapy, my therapist will ask me, um, if I tell her about a situation, like I just say, somebody did this and you know, it was, it was, it was annoying for me. I'm not identifying an emotion. I'm just saying it was annoying, right? Like what, what is it? What does annoying mean? Like annoying can mean a lot of different things. It can mean that I was frustrated. It can mean that I was sad. It can mean that I was angry, right? So she'll then go and say, what emotion were you feeling in that moment? And it forces me to identify the actual emotion that I was feeling so I can properly come to a resolution in the future, right? Like, cause now I know, okay, in the future, if somebody does this, I'll probably be angry. Right. Or I'll probably be feeling frustrated or sad or whatever the case may be. And now I know how to operate out of that and make sure that I'm not acting on that, that emotional response. Instead, I may take some time or I may distance myself from the situation because I know that it's not something I want to put myself in again. Right. Like, and there's so many different ways that you can go about it, but it starts with identifying the emotion. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, 
That 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 was a mouthful, but I hope I hope you <laughs> oh, you're good. So since you answered that first part, I'll I'll tag along on the second part on men being afraid to be vulnerable. First off, the act of being vulnerable, I feel like is one of the most fearless things you can do in a relationship. So mm-hmm. how did that make you any less of a man? As my wife said earlier, I'm I became this way expressive because I was one of those men that was, oh, I'm good, you know. Kept my thoughts to myself, whatever I felt. I just kept it to myself. I thought to myself, you know, I look at the wall and deal with it. You know, growing up, I was always the person people go to to solve their problems, never to help me with my own problems. And that burned me on so many different occasions, whether it was trying to, you know, form a relationship with a woman or go out or things, different things like that. So one day I pretty much came to the conclusion that I needed to make a change. I needed to become a full version of Kester that. I can get my thought out and be satisfied with the result after that, whether it was for me or against me, I it, it's out there. It's in the universe. It's out there. So with that expression, if I have a problem with my wife, my wife will know. And I'm not going to disrespect her. I'm not going to demean her or make her feel less than this is my issue. Did something you may have done it by mistake. I will give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm just putting it out there. We can make, let's have a discussion after that. Mm-hmm. If it's with a friend, hey, bro, we got to talk. You know, I'll call you in 15 minutes and I expect them to do the same with me. Mm-hmm. Same thing with work, coworkers, whatever it may be. I feel like so many more things get done in those relationships when you can know what the person is thinking and, and not expect to get a rebuttal or an action or argument. You know, I feel like arguments mm-hmm. are so not conducive to relationships. I, I don't like, I like having debates. I feel like debates debates because you focus on your point. Arguments mm-hmm. are kind of just looping over that negative feeling over and over and over again. That's not really getting anywhere. So with that, uh, going back, I feel like gi- giving someone your emotion is fearless and, and as, as an action, because especially in the society that we live in, where everything on Twitter, social media is just like, you know, screw you, you suck, you don't know what you're talking about, you're an idiot. Be fearless in your emotion. And if this is someone that you care about, it's okay to have the expectation to have some level of not even understanding, the will to understand. Mm-hmm. And that's the building block in itself to, to move forward and getting past and, you know, maybe even get an answer that's for you. So. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's my point on that. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Wait, I want to talk about the marriage question. Okay. Because I feel like we have a lot of friends who are in a position now where they've, you know, jumped into a relationship or an engagement or a marriage and didn't take the time to find themselves first. And I kind of wanted to position it to you guys in terms of like men. I know that us women can be a little crazy sometimes when we're ready for the ring. (laughs) But what can happen, you know, from a male perspective, if you kind of jump into a marriage or an engagement without, you know, seeking therapies, you know, finding yourself, getting yourself together, you know, kind of mm. uh, checking off things off the list that you want to accomplish before you become one with the, with someone. So I kind of wanted to just pose that question to you guys. Okay. So I have an initial thought. And my initial thought is being broken starts a broken marriage, if that makes sense. Um, mm. When I say being broken, I mean, if you don't know yourself, if you haven't tried to fix yourself, if you're not the best version of yourself in that moment before you get into marriage, you've already broken that marriage in the beginning. And yes, you can fix the marriage, but the building blocks are so shaky that you need to now make a, a rock solid foundation and build from that. I know people uh, that have died in relationships or or uh, marriages that may not have started off on the best foot and they fix it. Uh, and then on the other side, I feel like a lot of people 
rush. They, you know, focus on marriage. They focus on getting the ring, focus on, oh, okay, now next I got to do this. Boom. I got to do this. Boom. Mm-hmm. If you want to go to work, just go to work, you know, <laughs> because this is forever, especially in America, this is forever. This is something that you're going to have to deal with. It's not just, oh, I don't feel like doing it today. I'm going to take a sick day. You know, I'm mm-hmm. off. No, you know, you got to work at it. You have to build. So when you're saying people that just jump into it, marriage is not something you just jump into. And marriage is not a goal. I'm going to say it again. Marriage is not a goal. It is the start to the next chapter of life. It is a celebration of the relationship that has been had. That is what marriage is to me. And if you intend to stay in that marriage, that that binding agreement that you guys vow to each other, then you're going to have to work. You're going to have to communicate. You're going to have to show empathy. You're going to have to know yourself and figure each other out. You know, you're going to have to have that will and that want to do that. So that's my advice for people that are trying to get into that. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of, so I get what you're saying when you say a, a broken man can start like when you get into a relationship or a marriage, you, you start a, a broken marriage. What I'll say is like, in a sense, we all are broken. Like yeah. We all have things that we, we need to work on. We all have things that we can get better at. The I think the problem is not being aware of what it is that you need to work on, right? Because when you're not aware, then subconsciously you're doing all these things that are damaging to your relationship, but you're not even aware that you're damaging your relationship. So like we can, we can kind of use a mirror as an example right now, right? Like not to pick on you a mirror, right? But we talked about, right? Yeah. We, 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 we talked about the, the communication aspect between you two, right? Kester communicating his emotions and you kind of not being used to that. So you kind of brushing it off Kester feeling like he wasn't able to really express himself and be heard. So now as a result, because you weren't aware that you had this issue of not being receptive to men's emotions, you're damaging the relationship because as a result, Kester doesn't feel comfortable communicating with you, right? So I think this is a very realistic example of what happens in relationships, especially between men and women. I hear this, like, not just with you guys, I've heard, I've heard this before where women aren't used to men being expressive or crying and all these different things, right? So now as a result of seeing a man that actually is comfortable with his expression, they, they're kind of taken aback and they don't know how to respond to it. So that's little, that's one example of how it can play out between, a, a you know, on a woman's side. I think on a man's side, it's just really not being aware of emotions and not, and not being aware of his emotions and how those can be internalized, right? And create stress. Um, and then how, how he needs to be able to express himself healthily so that it's not coming out as him lashing out on his partner, right? So like, these are also things. And then also insecurity, right? Like there's so much insecurity that men have women have that we just have as indiv- like just in general. So in therapy and going through your healing process, you kind of get to identify some of those things. Like I put up a post today. I just talked, I was just talking about how a lot of us grow up with these negative beliefs and like unresolved trauma that creates this like sense of normal that we never really challenge until we are forced to go into therapy. Right. Like, so for you, Amira is like, you never really realized that you never saw a healthy expression from men. Mm-hmm. that's kind of dysfunctional, right? Like that's kind of dysfunctional, honestly, right? Like for, for you never to, to go through your life and get married and never see healthy expression from men mm-hmm. and and then kind of see your, Kester expressing himself healthily and not know how to deal with that. That's 
like your normal was 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 somewhat of a dysfunctional state, which is that for a lot of us, especially in the black community. Mm-hmm. So it's important that we do that work to just at least get to the point where we're able to identify the things that we thought were normal that were actually dysfunctional so that we can work on that because it's important and they will they will have a, a impact on our on our marriages, our relationships in general. Like I'm a I'm a living testament to that. It's happened in two of my relationships. Thank God I figured it out before the next one. Yeah. <laughs> because it would have happened again in that next yeah. one, right? So we de- we definitely got to do the work. Definitely. Yeah. And again, just to clean it up on my end, when I said the broken individual into the broken marriage, that's pretty much what I was getting at. It was right. you gotta do the work to know yourself. Don't go into the don't go into marriage or a relationship thinking it's going to be saved. The relationship is going to save itself. Mm-hmm. There's work to be done and there's work to be continually done through a relationship. Every single relationship, friend, family, coworker, your spouse, like every relationship is going to take work to maintain. You're going to piss each other off. You're going to have misunderstandings. Things are going to be taken the wrong way. And it's going to take the work necessary for yourself as an individual, as well, partners, as friends and et cetera, to to maintain. So, you know, if you do the work early, it might save yourself some trouble in the long run. It's a short version. Yeah. So, closing thoughts, sir. <laughs> closing thoughts. So, first, I want to say thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, you dropped some gems. You know, that's why we are taking the time out this season to have people that we find in our lives to, to drop these gems for our listeners to help in everyday situations to help in our relationships. Title of the show, Married and Winging It. You know, we're winging it, we're learning every day, communicating, building our blocks just like everybody else. You know, no one's special. We we have a podcast. So what? You know, we're continually learning. You know, like I said, it's my turn to go to therapy. Let's see if we can find some stuff out, you know, build a better version of myself. So again, I want to say thank you for dropping the gems. Closing thought for me would be one, if this episode taught me anything or just reminding me was to do the work to know yourself, do the work to better yourself. Prayer that I pray every night was is for progress and to be a better version of myself tomorrow than I was today. You know, I always want to be better, even if it's 1% or even a 0.1%. If I can move forward, that means I can move closer to the goal of being the best version of myself possible. And then I can be the best version of myself for my wife, for mm-hmm. my family, for my friends and whoever I deal with on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So for me, closing thoughts, honestly, is just, I think we need to create space for just healthy expression in our relationships for both parties. And when I think back to the first question, which was about gender roles, I think we need to not worry too much about what society views gender roles as and and think about what we think our, our roles in the relationship are, right? And we can start with the traditional gender roles. We can use that as like the template, but feel free to edit it and modify it however we f- we find fit right like if you need to do laundry then you need to do laundry you know? like, and, and there's not and there's nothing wrong with that um, if you need to cook a little bit more then you need to cook a little bit more and there's nothing wrong with that right like it's whatever works for y'all and not what works for society what what society thinks y'all should do right like so it works for each individual relationship or partnership and then lastly it's just like yo man individual therapy couples therapy Counseling just in general is so, so, so important because it increases our level of self-awareness, increases our emotional intelligence, but just gives us so many things that we can look at and say, okay, these are things that I'm aware of and I know I can be better here, right? Or I'm just at least aware of it so I know how it plays out 
right? So it's not having as much of an effect on me as it was before when I wasn't aware of it. So, man, those those are my closing thoughts. It's definitely a great, great conversation. I appreciate appreciate y'all for having me on for sure. Of course. Yes, it's been a pleasure. My only small thought is everyone go follow Express Yourself Black Man. (laughs) (laughs) This has been such a great episode. I can't express, you know, any further how important therapy is, you know, for everyone, especially, you know, Black men. I've come across so many Black men within my lifetime who are advocates for I'm good. I don't need anything, but I can't express, you know, enough the need to pour into yourself and, you know, seek the help when you need it. So those are my closing thoughts. We do want to open the floor for you to plug yourself. If you have anything coming up, I know you have a Mm -hmm. podcast, please. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So everybody can find me at expressions of black man on pretty much anything. So Instagram, Instagram, Facebook. I'm on TikTok. I don't really post on TikTok. Maybe that'll change by the time this episode drops. <laughs> YouTube, YouTube for sure. Express yourself, Black Man. That's where the, the platform is moving. I'm uploading at least two videos a week on YouTube. So it's uh, a podcast episode and then another video on like maybe a trending topic or a, a self a self help video, something that me going through like a guide or something that help people. So definitely, definitely get on the YouTube if you're more of like a visual learner, if you just want more of a more visual content, the YouTube has it for you, of course. And then, of course, the Instagram, which I've already mentioned, but the Instagram has most of the content. That's where most of the, the community is right now. As far as things that I'm working on, there's a lot of things I'm working on. So I'll, I'll keep it short. <laughs> Exclusive community is coming in towards the end of this year. So I'm thinking like November, December timeframe, the exclusive community will basically be a lot of the stuff that I post on Instagram. So like text posts in the morning or like affirmations in the morning, there'll be like a video with insight for us to have a discussion. And it will be like another, another post going in depth in terms of like healing and things that we can do in terms of like mental health tips, dating tips, relationship tips, credit tips, fitness tips. So all of that stuff will be in the exclusive community. I'm thinking about right now, either Discord or Telegram that may change in the future if I do like some kind of partnership with other organizations and stuff. So that stuff is on the table. So that exclusive community, I'm thinking November, December, and then I'm dropping another ebook on therapy. So how how men can get access to therapy, how men can get access to free therapy as well, why certain men don't go to therapy, some stigmas around therapy, what therapy actually is, the different types of therapy. So just basically a guide on on therapy, right? And, and and speaking specifically to black men from a black man's perspective. So that will be dropping in either May or June. And those are the main things. Also the podcast. So yeah, the podcast is called Express Yourself Black Men as well. It's available on all podcasting platforms. It's also on YouTube. So anywhere you go to get your podcast, you can search up Express Yourself Black Men and the podcast is there. We're at more than like 35 episodes now. So yeah. Oh. That's amazing. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you guys. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. This thank was great. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out. Bye. Thank you guys for tuning in to Married and Winging It. We hope you enjoyed our episode. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Married and Winging It. Also, don't forget to send us your marriage or relationship questions to MarriedandWingingIt at gmail.com. And we'll read them during season two of our podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye. Peace out.